And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's marvelous, monumental, most fascinating, massively mind-bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds as one and draw closer to the King of Kings and glorify his name. First, the modern world. It is incredible how many things we can do. Everybody knows that people in our day and age are the best at multitasking. We can breathe, walk, and chew gum simultaneously. We can drive while listening to music or watch TV while carrying on conversations. We can use our electronic devices while using other electronic devices. Hilarious! We're actually awful at multitasking compared to the Israelites of old. We'll look at that. Next, spread too thin. What's the problem? It's dangerous to be vulnerable. When we are spread too thin, we create openings for the enemy to attack. Somebody reminded me of this game in one of our texts a while back. Red Rover. Remember Red Rover? Red Rover, Red Rover. Let David come over. Red Rover is a game that makes the point breaching the line at the weakest point. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. This applies to our inside life weakest link, too. And finally, listen up. Be alert. The trumpet call is for gathering. This is just like the trumpet blowing when Jesus returns. We will be gathered together as a collective. The biblical answer is to tighten up. Don't separate from people who see scriptures differently from you. If you are a genuine, Bible-believing, born-again Christian who loves Jesus, then we stand by each other. God fights on our collective side, and it's all for his glory. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and Oive, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. Not King David, just David. Not Dumb David, just David. David at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. I'm not sure if the standard rates apply. I guess that depends on your plan. But you can call, to, or you can text is it Monday? Is it my? Is it all day Monday? All day it's going to be Monday like this? Is that what's going on? Is it my, is that what's Last time I checked, yeah. All right. You can text 214-210-8483. You can call 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, you have the privilege, you have the blessing, you have the great moment, the aha moment of talking to Captain Chris. 
and then you will be... I work it in any way I can. You know what I'm saying? All right. Uh, bottom line, you might have a thought, a question, an opinion, a comment. Remember, it's not a kvetch fest. Does that mean that you can't share something that's really hard? No, you can share that. We're just not here as a sounding board for complaining. We just don't believe that is in the process or the desires of the Lord in this show. What it does mean is that we want to encourage one another, bless one another, guide one another, strengthen one another, lift up one another, and depend on one another. That's a big part of the Christian walk. That's a part of carrying one another's burdens and fulfilling the law of Christ. So in that, you are welcome to reach out to us. You can do that with a praise report. You can do that with a prayer request. You can do it with anything along those lines. If we can help, we, we will do our best. If we can't help, we'll tell you that. We'll say, hey, we're going to work this together. All right, here you go. Here is your trivia question. What was Matthew's occupation before he was called to be Jesus's disciple? What was Matthew's occupation before he was called to be Jesus's 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 disciple? I can talk, promise. All right, if you think you have an answer, reach out to us. That would be, uh, you can call in at 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. What am I forgetting? We've got somebody already ready to answer a trivia? Is it a trivia answer already? Wow. That is fast. Okay, are we ready? Here we go. I'm leaning over. I'm leaning over. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. Hey, Gary. How you doing? By the way, thank you for the envelope. I appreciate it greatly, my brother. Well, um, uh, it sounded like you maybe needed a little help. Just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that'll help a little bit anyway. Hey, that's that's how it goes. You know what I'm saying? It goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. You just go, well, praise the Lord. (laughs) Okay, well, you're welcome. You're welcome for it. All right, you ready for the answer? This is a great question because people don't realize the background on some of these people is phenomenal. It's just absolutely phenomenal. What was Matthew's occupation before he was called to be Jesus' disciple? He was a publican, a tax collector. That is correct, sir! You are right! What's amazing that people might not catch is that typically when a rabbi would grab people and put them with him, he would pick people that are... Uh, of they're well thought of in the community. They're more of the people that everybody adores and loves. Nobody liked the tax collectors. No, <laughs> I think it was like in the opposite direction. Jesus, is like, I'll take him, 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 him. It's like there was plenty to choose from from that point of view. So that's a fascinating element that he started off ministry in, isn't it? Very powerful. Yeah, it is. It's uh, God's ways are not our ways, or our ways are not His ways. So. That's exactly right. We think we know. He's like, watch this. I'm going to pick this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent job, Gary. Thank you so much, my brother. Okay, well, I'll continue to pray for you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. All right, bye-bye. Excellent job. Gary nailing it down right away. So he, said he picked a Tesla. You understand? It's like picking, like, you know how you do pick up sides in basketball or some kind of sports? It's like picking the absolute worst person on purpose. That's Jesus. 
Yeah, watch this. We'll make a team. These people will. And they changed the world. Just think about what they did. Oh, just amazing. Okay. All right. There you go. All right. Let's get into our text. We are in Nehemiah. Is there anything else we got to cover? I think we covered most everything. We're pretty close. All right. So here we go. So I want to talk to you about multitasking, but I just, because I didn't make a big point of it last time. So this same text, I want to I want to make sure we get, and it's just something I want you to understand. Uh, this is from Nehemiah, and we're in chapter four, and this is like uh, the the verses prior from last week, like fourteen, fifteen. But I want you to we're going to pick up with fifteen. When our enemies heard that we knew their plan, God frustrated. We we all returned to work on the wall, but from then on, only half my men worked, while the other half stood guard with spears and shields and bows and coats and mail. And the officers stationed themselves behind the people of Judah. Now listen to listen to what this says. They were you were building. They were building the wall. If Carmen laborers carried on their work with one hand supporting their load and another hand holding a weapon. Okay. If you've ever built, I'll just, just say it real quickly. If you've ever built a house, if you've ever built a dog house or a bird house, if you ever did a science project, oh, wait, this one everybody will understand. If you ever tried to put together a toy for Christmas, how would you like to do this with one hand? And then with the other hand, you're holding something to protect you, to keep you safe. So you know it can't be kind of like half-hearted in the holding. you got to hold it because it's safe. It's like you're, you're building something, but you have a weapon in your hand to protect you. And it's like, so you're, you're literally, you're building, protecting. Build, I mean, every thought, build, protect, build, protect, build, protect. So when we talk about multitasking in our day, we we are amazed at ourselves because we can look at a computer, be, you know, putting some things in on a cell phone, breathe, sit down, chew gum, and have coffee in front of us at the same time. And we are like, we are multitaskers. That's not multitasking. <laughs> That's nothing. How would you like to have to do half your work with one hand, half your work with the other hand, and both of them were vital to life? Because what you're texting, eh, ain't that important. Come on. What you're looking at a computer, eh, it's not that important. But people looking to kill you on one hand and you trying to establish a place to live on the other hand and doing that at the same time, that's impressive. <laughs> Just say that's that's true multitasking. How can anybody really accomplish that? Don't you think that's just impossible? How could you absolutely be trying to save life on one hand uh, uh, by building, by providing for, and doing it, and at the other hand, you're trying to protect that uh, that very life that you're building for at the exact same time? You know how you do that with God. That's how you do that because you can't do it any other way. We consider multitasking doing more than one task at a time, be it whatever they are. But with that definition, with that understanding, or modern definition, chewing gum and walking is multitasking. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's not impressive. Having people trying to stop your faith and having people trying to wipe you out and having part of you build that faith and part of you protect that faith should tell you exactly what the Lord's trying to communicate. And you can only do that rightly through him so that you are safe and yet continuing to move forward. Just think about how 
What's they had to go through? When we come back, we'll dive into the harder stuff. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am, you reach down and see my freedom. The Christian faith is being attacked. Fifty years ago, people would disagree with Christianity, but with a sense of respect. Those days are over. The rage, the flesh, the enemy, and the atmosphere of sin is growing and growing. Jesus said in Matthew 24, the love of many will grow cold. And if it's not the end now, it's certainly a lot closer than it was yesterday. You may be from a Baptist background. David Spoon has that. You may have a Pentecostal background. He has that too. You may have a non-denominational background. Yep, he's got that as well. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience on God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? Hey, jingity jing, it's Dominic the donkey, jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey, la 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 You asked for zany, my friend. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. So we, being not completely unlike you know christmas vacation in chevy chase and so on and so forth we we got a really big tree slapped it up on the car of course it scratched the car to no end remember i'm jewish and i'm trying to follow the christmas holiday it's got nothing to do with my christianity i like christmas i like the season and so on and so forth i have no problem celebrating any specific time picking a time and we're as close as we can be celebrating the birth of christ it's awesome it's a great time of year but you're talking about me fighting a tree and i'm fighting the tree and i'm fighting the tree and i hack off a few branches and unfortunately what i hacked off with the with the axe wasn't enough because I was right there again, holding the Christmas tree with my feet on the door, trying to pull it in. Hey, you know what? The Christmas tree was not coming in. So you know what I did? I hacked off a few more pieces. But then, instead of just trying to pull the tree in, I hacked off a few more pieces. By this point, I have decided that Christmas is a pagan holiday that only people who are supporting Christmas presents have created, and Jewish people who believe in Jesus should not be celebrating Christmas, and I'm crashing the and I've got the act up, and I'm crushing and I'm going to get this tree in, and you would not believe it, but after doing that for 15 minutes, I still could not get the tree in the house. Sometimes I... Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We'll get ready for our next trivia question. Here you go. This is not complex. Really only two people to choose from on this, but I'm going to give you the opportunity. Who was the mother of Judah? 
Who was the mother of Judah? These are tough questions today. It's like, wow. Judah, one of the 12 kids of Jake. Jake. Of Jacob. One of the 12 kids. Who was the mother of Judah? If you think you know the answer, you can reach out to us at 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. You can send an email to David at hemustincrease.org. Uh, I have a couple of things to share with you. Big news that will blow your mind. Want to blow your mind? Want to blow your mind? Want to blow your mind? Okay. Okay. Julianne and Jared are pregnant again. How about that? Huh? Uh, she's about 14 weeks. Uh, everything looks fine from what they can tell. They won't fully know until the baby's born. They weren't going to have a baby. They argued about it. Apparently, they're still very intimate. And then, uh, bing, bang, that's it. Uh, so that's all it took. And, uh, so now she's pregnant again, so we're going to see what happens. Uh, letting you know, I let somebody know that ahead of time. That was a special gift, but Julianne and Jared. So now you've got to be praying for their fourth child. This child's uh, birth date is somewhere, I think, around the beginning of September, which would be good because my mom's birth date is September 1st, and Julianne absolutely adored my mom. So, you know, it'd be kind of a nice thing, but just keep that in mind. Keep that in prayer. I, they weren't really planning on it. It happened. I love when God does things that nobody plans. And then uh, they're keeping a tight eye and they're prepared no matter what the case may be. But they're uh, maybe a little hopeful that this will be uh, some uh, work out a little better for them. But hey, you know what? They're willing. They're standing before the Lord. Servants of the Lord. I love people like that. They'll do whatever it takes. All right. We have somebody ready to answer the trivia question. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Yes, sir. This is Will Rogers. Hi, Will. How are you? I'm great. I hope you're more better. I am. I'm, I'm starting to do better. I was kind of upset when I first came in because I was, I was working off of a running late 30 minutes and a water fountain that was going through my front yard, but things are calming down, so that's good. <laughs> so I'm doing better now, but thank you for asking, my brother. All right, you ready for the question? Yes, Here, sir. All right, who was the mother of Judah? I believe that would be Leah. That is correct, sir! You are 100% correct. Excellent job. The odds were good. It was either going to be uh, Leah or her sister, Leah or her sister, uh, but she she definitely had that, that advantage and uh, had more kids. But boy, oh boy, a lot of people don't realize the, the line of the tribe of Judah comes out of the line of Leah. That's how it goes. It's like, there it is. Excellent job. How, how are you doing otherwise? How was your weekend? Uh, doing good. Well, good. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it very much. Yes, sir. You have a blessed day. All right. You do have a better day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. See, you have a better day. Great. You ready for the joke? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Okay. So for everybody can know up ahead of time, it's not a Christian joke. It's just a joke. Okay, relax. It's a joke. If anybody gets offended at this, you are... In need of counseling. Okay. Julianne and Jared pregnant again. Wow, is that amazing? That's seven grandkids. Never see another present again. All right. All right. <laughs> Just bear with me. This is funny. This. 
Enjoy it. A husband and wife who work for the circus go to an adoption agency looking for to adopt a child. But the social workers, they're, they're raising doubts about their suitability. So the couple produces photos of their 50-foot motorhome, which is clean and well-maintained and equipped with a beautiful nursery. The social workers are satisfied by this, but then raise questions about the kind of education a child will receive while in the couple's care. The husband puts their mind at ease, saying we've arranged for a full-time tutor who will teach the child all the usual subjects along with French, Mandarin, and computer skills. Next, though, the social workers express concern about the child being raised in a circus environment. This time, the wife explains, our nanny is a certified expert in pediatric care, welfare, and diet. The social workers are finally satisfied and ask the couple, what age child are you hoping to adopt? The husband says, it really doesn't matter as long as the kid fits into the canon. Ah, waka waka! <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as long as the kid fits into the can. Come on, people! If that didn't make you smile, check your pulse. That's pretty funny. All right. <laughs> as long as it fits into the canon. Okay. <laughs> uh, back up here. <laughs> back up here we go. Come on, that's funny. Uh, here's, uh, Nehemiah, but from then on, only half my men worked while the other half stood guard with spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. The officers stationed themselves behind the people of Judah who were building the wall. The common laborers carried on their work with one hand, supporting their load with one hand, holding a weapon in the other. All the builders had a sword belted to their side. The trumpeters stayed with me to sound the alarm. Then I explained to the noble and officials and all the people. The work is very spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. I just yeah, this is my thing. This is my, you know, this is my area. I'm just big in this arena. And for those of you that hear it, you're like, okay, Dave. Okay, I'm telling you, this becomes more and more and more important. Nehemiah's concern was how spread wide the people were. His biggest concern for the people is that there was space between them. That's why I use that that illustration of the Red Rover, Red Rover, that's so on, whoever it is, come over. The idea is that there's, as you're spread thin, there is weaknesses in being so spread thin that the enemy can breach it, which is why you, as, as people, we need to be in fellowship and connected to one another. Does that mean that you have to be 24-7 with somebody? No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that you can't be a lone wolf Christian. Now, look, I saw the movie Lone Wolf McQuaid. I liked it. It's Chuck Smith. Come on. I mean, it's like, or Chuck, Chuck Norris. I mean, it's come on. It's like, it's like so great. It's fun to do all this uh, jokes and stuff like that. You know, why doesn't, you know, why doesn't Chuck Norris ever cry? Did you ever hear that? Because he doesn't cry. No. Because, I don't know, because, I don't know, tears are afraid of him or something like that. <laughs> something like that. Anyway, the idea behind this is you can't be a loner in the Christian faith. You have to have people that you help and that help you. Here is really what it comes down to. You have to have people that you're accountable to. 
and that are accountable to you and that there's enough trust and enough confidence. I promise you one of Satan's great tactics is when people get hurt in church or in a fellowship, they separate out so much that they won't have any more fellowship or at best at a great distance. This is, and I'll give Eric the props for this, this is where that book comes into the play that I wrote. Because look, at the Broken for His Glory book, which is on our website, is about getting burned in church and recovering and coming back to fellowship. If you've ever been hurt by a church or by a group of Christians, that book is for you in the context of that's what happened to me. But instead of running away from fellowship, which is what I wanted to do and tried to do initially, God made me run into fellowship. Just like how we wanted to run away from God when we've done something wrong, but he teaches us through the law to run to him, not away from him. And why I, I, I harp on this, and I made because this, this was the moment in my Christian faith where you have to make the decision, you know, where I had to make the decision once for all. Is this stuff real? Is this just a good add-on in my, in my existence? What is this? Is this just fire insurance? What is this faith stuff? And that when I made that decision that this faith stuff is about honoring the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and spending my life to help build his kingdom and surrounding my heart and mind with his purposes and his plans and not mine, then the people of God became more important than they were prior and being with them and in fellowship with them became more important and thus fulfilling the desires God has for me, walking in the loving one another, premise becomes more important. And one of the great assurance scriptures is we know we've passed from life, from death to life, because we love the brethren. And if you're one of those people that got hurt, if you're one of those people that got wounded, I get it, I'm with you, I stand by you, I weep with you, not sympathetically, but empathetically, because I have sh- I share it. But I also share the truth that back into fellowship is the place to go, that even though Peter was in a denial and bad situation, Jesus brought him right back in and stuck him at the head. And even though Mark abandoned the ministry, God brought him right back in to write a gospel, which led millions of people to Christ. And you and me, we all need each other desperately, and more so as the time gets closer than we might think. Okay? We'll take a break, and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. 
By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. The deterioration of the ecosystem, or creation itself, is definitely the result of man. You say, well, how can you say that? Well, Romans chapter 8, verse 19 through 21. I just read the scriptures. I don't need anything else. The Bible says this, the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Creation itself is longing for the redemption that comes through Jesus Christ, and until that takes place, it is on a collision course down. The result of the ecosystem or creation itself crashing is a result of man's sin in the garden. So when they say, oh, well, it's not man-made, Oh, yes, it is. Of course it's man-made. It's because we messed up in the garden. But I wasn't with Adam and Eve. You were in the person of Adam and Eve. And if you want me to use it, you were in the life-giving force of Adam and Eve. And if you want me to really say it, you were in the loins of Adam and Eve. You were there, too. They stuck their fist up to God and said, nope. (laughs) And God went, okie dokie, here's the result. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're going to directly send you to the website, and then we're going to come back. Then uh, we have somebody on hold that uh, has a question or comment, whatever the case may be. But I do want to remind you, go to the website, keeping it as simple as I can. Uh, The show operates by donations. And so if you can give, great. If you can't, pray for us. Um, If you don't like the show, why are you listening? Okay, anyway, here's the bottom line. Please go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemostincrease.org. Praise report? Hemostincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemostincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemostincrease.org. Hemostincrease.org. <laughs> this short one is so classic, though. It's so funny. All right. Well, ready for the phone call. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is Annika. Hi, Annika. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, I just wanted to let you know that uh, we were telling, you were telling the jokes, 
and we were eating lunch as you were telling the jokes. And my husband picked up his salad plate, and he happens to like a lot of vinegar and uh, olive oil on his salad. And he picked up his plate, and he had it in front of him for some reason. And I'm looking across at him, and all of a sudden, he's just pouring this waterfall of vinegar and olive oil down the front of him. (laughs) And it was like, what happened? (laughs) And he came to himself, and he said he was laughing so hard about the cannonball (laughs) joke. (laughs) <laughs> so we just want to let you know we appreciated the humor. That's great. That is so great because, first of all, that is a classic joke. It's like, that is so funny. And I'm glad he had that happen to him. That's fantastic. So he can't talk right now because he's trying to get out of the vinegar and the olive oil clothes. Awesome. But we also appreciated the teaching that followed it. So this is why I very often have to go back and replay the show every day to get a double dose because there's always something like that happening. So we appreciate your show. I appreciate that very much. Very kind of you to say. Thank you so much. <laughs> tell, 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 tell your that's funny. Now that's, okay, that's classic. You bet. God bless. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Mm, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. <laughs> oh, that's just too funny. All right, here we go. <laughs> Trivia question. Uh, what are we doing? What are we, where are we? Where, what's, what's our show? Where are we? <laughs> Who's that? It's Monday. That, wasn't that that guy that ran with Ross Perot when he was on the, the stage and the vice presidency? And they were like, he was like, uh, I can't think it was, it was a general something, something. And he's like, who am I? Where am I? What am I doing? Like, well, uh, all right. Luke wrote his gospel and the book of Acts of the Apostles for a person whose name is found in the first few verses of both books. Aha! Ha-ha! <laughs> uh, if you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at org. We already sent you to the website, so we're not going to do that again, but we'll ask the trivia question again. But after we do the history, because we need to do history, so let's do history. Let's go All right, so we got some stuff that's really good and some stuff that's, like, brainy and then some stuff that's, like, dumb. So you get you get a nice mixture of today. Uh, it's Learn About Butterflies Day. That's fine. I was in Colorado. They have a butterfly pavilion. I remember a comedian telling a joke about that. It's like, can you imagine that guy coming home stressed? What's the matter, honey? It's the butterflies. You know, it's just like, that's classic, right? Uh, it's National Potato Chip Day. I am totally in favor of that, especially if my wife, my wife makes the onion dip. It's like, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, and see, that's altogether different. It's pie day. Not pie that I like to eat, unfortunately. But pie is in 314 because it's March Third, the 14th, the value of pi. But you can't uh, get mad at this one. It's National Napping Day. So many of us who don't admit that we've taken a nap at work should probably not do that. And then uh, Write Down Your Story Day, National Write Down Your Story Day. I actually believe it's a really good idea to keep some kind of journal, anything, one line at a time, any answered prayer, 
put it somewhere, put it on a Word doc, just start writing it. You won't believe how fast it grows. Uh, on this day in 1900, the United States currency is placed on the gold standard. Uh, on this day in 1923, so approximately 99 years ago, the, uh, the first ever complete radio broadcast of a hockey game took place. See, if you had that trivia question and you were with friends, you would be like, people would be like, are you like a trivia genius? I mean, who, who would even know uh, that took place? And then in 1950, the FBI, 10 Most Wanted, uh, FBI created their fugitive, fugitive list. It was announced Thomas Holden was the first person on the list, the FBI list. Some of you guys might remember Ephraim Zimelis Jr. and the FBI. Dun, 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 dun. And then at the end of the show, they would show somebody from the, the list. It was a long time ago in a land far away. Chris is just looking at me like, keep dating yourself, Dave. Keep, keep Was it in color? <laughs> I can't remember. I think it might have been. I don't remember now. Oh, well, that's sad. All right. Uh, let's go into the next text. And thank you, Annika, for that call. That was great to hear. All right. Here's something I want you to know. And I'm going to stay on this theme for a reason. You'll see why. And your people are like, oh, you teach the same stuff over and over again. Boy, I hope so. None of this is my material. <laughs> Just seems like every book points to the same thing. Like, hmm, I wonder why that is. Uh, listen to what Nehemiah says. This is great. So we just talked about being spread too thin and the danger of being uh, an isolated Christian. It's very dangerous. It's easy for Satan to pick people off. Okay. Here's another side to that that I want you to be aware of. And this is a spiritual warfare side. So when you have something happen, you should have people you call or text that you can ask to help you pray about stuff. That's an important part. And here is why. Ready? I'm going to pick it right up from where he talks about being widely separated. Verse 19 in Nehemiah 4, Then I explained to the nobles, officials, and all the people, and that's the nice way of saying everybody, the work is, is very spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Listen to this in verse 20. When you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to wherever it is sounding, then our God will fight for us. And one of the things that we miss in the principles of Christianity is that unity, being together and the people of God, creates—you can't say a vortex, but you can say kind of like a, a landing pad for the Lord to really just go— Bam! And when there's more people united together in one mind and one accord, more stuff gets done, and the God of the universe shows his hand more evidently. And by that, we mean this. The unity amongst believers creates the opportunity for the manifestation of the power of God to move that much more swiftly and that much more in protection of the people of God. And when you are in a sticky situation or you're frustrated or you're getting beat up or something's going on and it's not looking good, you need to have a place to call other Christians, other believers, not just other family members, but other believers who will join with you in faith to help you fight the spiritual warfare part of what you're going through. And you might be thinking— well, do I really need? Yes, you actually really need that. And if you're trying to look for an example of where, why don't you ask Jesus? 
Even though they could not last long, Jesus had his disciples wait and pray for him while he was in the garden. Well, there's your example. Okay, I need you guys praying because this is getting serious, right? The disappointment was that they couldn't keep praying. Got it. But that doesn't mean Jesus didn't try to get them engaged in praying, get them engaged in support. And because of stuff like that, and boy, you can't get much. I don't think you can get a better example of that. It's pretty much like, well, I'm going through about the worst thing ever, and you guys should pray for me. Okay, great. And so it's like the idea behind this is that we have a support system, a place to go. Uh, I have a couple of support systems. Uh, I found out early in my education uh, I didn't have very many support systems in my education, which I thought was uh, actually terrible. And and uh, being the very kind and quiet and very much like a mouse kind of guy, I called the director of all the education at Liberty University and said, get it together, man. What are you doing? Okay. Anyway, so now they have this whole Facebook thing where you pray for people and you put it up and they pray. And it's like, I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's not ridiculous. We need this. You need to be able to text somebody in 25 seconds. Well, maybe not 25 seconds, but you know what I'm saying. Hey, I need help with this. I need prayer. I got a situation going on right now. I can't tell you all the information now. Please be in prayer that God covers me safety-wise or wisdom-wise or whatever the case. You need that. I don't care if we have to create that on our show. Well, you, you have to have that, okay? And that's biblical. It's proper. It's right. And when the trumpet blows, everybody joins together, and we collectively use our faith to fight spiritual warfare and other things that are going on that the enemy's trying to do to destroy our lives. And there's no, there's no excuse for not doing it. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give you one. Okay? Did we do a trivia question? I don't think we ever did one. Did we do one? Did we do one? I don't even think we did one. Oh yeah, we did one. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 We did one. I got to answer the question. Luke wrote his gospel and the acts for uh, his gospel and the acts of the apostles for a person whose name is found in the first few verses. What is that person's name? Theophilus. Theophilus, by the way, means one who loves God. Theophilus. That's a person who loves God, which really tells you it was written to all of us. Right? Oh, yeah, that that's good right there. All right, we'll take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. What is the David Spoon Experience? And God's it's like, there's no room there. It's like, well, no, 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 I, I can, I can. You know, not vote for either kingdom. Well, let me get this straight. You're not voting for the kingdom of God. Therefore, you're also trying to be a supporter of the kingdom of darkness. How does that work? That doesn't work. And in, in lieu of that, you know, I was, uh, had a discussion with my son. We were talking about preparation and being ready because you never know when the Lord, you don't know when that trumpet's going to blow for you. You don't know at that moment where God's going to go ding dong, time's up. And I said, you always got to be ready. He said, well, you can't always be ready. It's like, no, you always got to be ready. Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, be ready. Always be ready for you do not know the day that the Lord will come. And that's not just from an eschatological point of view for life. That's for you individually. You got to be ready and watchful and aware because this is kingdom stuff. And there's a kingdom being built. Glorify God, and there's all the opposing kingdoms, and it's a pretty straightforward question. Which kingdom are you trying to support? 
That's the question. And if you say, well, I'm not supporting any kingdom, then you are opposed to the kingdom of God. Because you're either helping advance his kingdom or you're in opposition. And that's where Jesus split the line. And you think, well, that, that doesn't seem fair. We have a great word around this show that we like to use every once in a while, but with tons of love. Tough. It's like, it's, it's not whether you think it's fair or not. You know, well, I don't think God, a God of love would do it this way or this way. Too bad what you think. You're not God. That's not up to you. Well, that's just what the Bible says. Let me get this straight. So you believe that God can create the universe, but he can't write a book? Boy, that argument's going to get lost every single time. So my whole point in bringing this up is there's it's not a contradiction at all. You're either for, you're either for in Luke 9, 49 and 50, you're either for the kingdom, advancing the kingdom, driving out demons in the name of Jesus Christ, trying to make declaration for the truth of God, or you're against the kingdom, whether you are verbally, physically against it, or whether you are verbally and physically doing nothing. There is... No neutral. You're either a kingdom advancer or you're against the kingdom. And what's really hard, are you ready for your noodle to get baked here, is the decisions that we make advance kingdoms. Do we consider our decisions before we make these decisions, do we consider what kingdom we're impacting? Wow. Isn't that tough? The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here goes your last trivia question. Most people should get this. And the reason you should get this is because you've probably done this in your life. Which Israelite judge laid a fleece out overnight to see if the Lord wanted him to lead Israel against the Midianites? Which Israelite judge laid a fleece out overnight to see if the Lord wanted him to lead the Israelites against the Midianites? We're going to give Joanne and Joanne and Cordelia, the uh, fastest answer all day long, trumpet, you know, trophy. You get that one, girls. Okay, <clears throat> very good job. Uh, if you think you know, by the way, you can call in nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero. You can also text in two one four two one zero eight four eight three. You can send an email, David, at he must increase dot. Org. Who has not set a fleece before the Lord? <laughs> Come on. Come on, people. I never do that because it says don't ask for signs. Those were signs to prove messiahship. You're talking about a sign that's about getting confirmation for direction. Two different principles altogether. Eric wants to know if he's chopped liver because I, I gave the price to George. Nope, just one second late. That's all. And besides, keep in mind, being Jewish, I like chopped liver. <laughs> I'm just saying. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770-214-210-4834, a text, and then david at he must org 
please check out the website. In fact, I will send them there again to the website. Let me just say this real quickly. There's information about Friday's show and how we're going to approach next week. It's very short, very simple. And then also at the website on the top right, uh, very, very top right of the website is our little hamburger. Those are the three lines that are on top of one another. If you click on that, there's 23 other links for the pages. And then it's also a place to give, of course, but also a place to put your praise report and your prayer request. Check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. You know, you said that one, you should have go wing and have go whoop and come right back. I'm telling you what to do in all the sounds. Am I I'm just how bad am I? I'm terrible. All right, we are going to get that water thing resolved during the middle of the show. I had my uh, one guy going to work it out uh, and uh, probably considerably less than most people would <laughs> charge me. So praise the Lord for that. And uh, we won't tell you who drove the truck over the yard to break the sprinkler. But suffice it to say that she likes flowers more than I do. But that's all I'm saying right there. She was really upset. I'm like, that happens. Actually, I've done it. I just did it on the other side, but there was no, there's no sprinkler. <laughs> so I just mushed up the yard. That's all I did. All right, uh, let's get back into this text so that you can know what's going on. And the reason that I'm telling you the 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 reason these are things are important is because there is a need for one another that. Uh, is communicated, and I think it's communicated in church. I think part of the problem is it's communicated that the only way to fulfill that need is at church. And I'm not positive that's the biblical overall interpretation. It is a biblical interpretation. You don't forsake the meeting of ourselves together. That is a biblical uh, demonstration. However, that does not exclusively refer to church. So when you get a little bit more deep into it, you get to understand, well, this really has to do with fellowship. So sometimes when the people listen to the show, I know it's terrible to say, and I am telling you now, this is not your church, but it is a fellowship. Some people participate in this, different denominations, big, different backgrounds, but we fellowship together. That's an important part and a fulfillment. Um, but you need human contact. You need uh, touch. You need people. Like I said, you need uh, places to go where you can count on uh, other people to uphold you. And I uh, actually had a project in my master's degree that asked me to cite where I go. Like, you know, you can always say, do you have places to go? And people go, sure. Right. But it, in, in school, when you're getting a master's degree, you have to cite it. Then you have to give the contact information. Then you have to give permission for them to be contacted. Then they have to be interviewed. <laughs> in other words, yeah, we're not fudging around. He's got to tell the truth. And so you need to have a place. So some people from our show do call me, and I do pray or counsel or, or in, encourage them. And you can always reach out to me. Listen to this. You can always reach out to me by text or by email anytime. And if I can't help you, I, I can help direct you. And as long as you're okay with that, it's not that I, oh, do you, do you only help certain people? Nope. I try to be led by the Spirit just like everybody else. If somebody's got an issue that's beyond my capacity, that's not I, I'm not the one that should be helping you. It should be beyond my capacity. So I, my job is to point you there. But then you, too, have that job. 
This is not just me. I know you guys are listening to me, but you have that responsibility to point people in the right direction, to help them out, to guide them, to be there. You have a responsibility to offer yourself for people to reach out to you. You have to do that because that's what God commands of us. And so in the rest of that text where, where, where Nehemiah is talking, he says this. He says, when you hear the blast of the trumpet or whatever is sounding, then our God will fight for us. We worked early and late from sunrise to sunset, and half the men were always on guard. I also told everyone living outside the walls to move in to Jerusalem, and that way we could be closer. And so he says, and the servants can go on guard at night as well as work during the day. One of the things that we need to do is get closer. And again, I want to say this, and I, I want to give lots of uh, empathetic ear to this. I know what it's like to be burned in a relationship. I know what it's like to be burned in fellowship. I know what it's like to be burned by a pastor. I know what it's like to be burned in the faith. It's a bummer. But those experiences, while allowed by God, are not the heart of God for you and I to, to go through other than they help us identify with Jesus. Because Jesus came and gave himself fully, and people burned him. I mean, you cannot say, you can say whatever you want about Judas, but Judas still burned him. I mean, it's like what it is. Jesus still chose him, knowing he was going to be burned. There's a willingness, a vulnerableness, and some of us go through the process and it's like, I, I'm never going to get hurt again like that. I will never let anybody hurt me like that. Well, if it's physical abuse, I fully agree with that. There's no, no discussion to go down that road. But in spiritual things, you cannot separate yourself from fellowship, even if it takes you 20 years to find a good fellowship. Right? That doesn't matter. You don't stop looking any more than you stop witnessing, any more than you stop praying, any more than you stop connecting with the Lord and being aware, do all those things. And so you can tell the theme for the show has really got to do a lot with this, this fellowship. drive. And I, and I fight for it. I almost did my thesis on it. I was so close. This <laughs> is like that close. But this is a, 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 a unity that the closer we get, the stronger we are. The, the, the reality check is every single professional team wins the championship when they become a team. That's not that's a, the greatest example. I'll just use hockey if you don't mind. Thank you. Thank you very much was the Red Wings, I, excuse me, I'm just pulling out a little bit of my past here, so just hold on there. When they had all of these superstars, they had six Hall of Famers on their roster. You think, how could they possibly lose? They were in the playoffs, listen to this, and they lost the first couple of games in the playoff, and everybody's like, how is this possible? And then they had a team meeting, and everybody shared where they were at, and then they all went back on the ice. And then I think they lost one out of the next 16 games. <laughs> Just and even the greatest, powerful, most best players didn't matter till it became a team. Well, that's the church. Come on. I mean, who beat the Russians in 1980? It was the American hockey team, the boys that never showed up. The miracle on ice, right? The idea behind that is to 
to be united to one another, strengthening one another, blessing one another, putting up with one another, forgiving one another, supporting one another. That's what you do. Uh, does that apply to every single circumstance? No, but I'm talking about the church in general. You know, you know, don't be a church hater. Okay, don't be a church hater. It's God's church. Don't hate what He loves. That's a bad idea, right? All right. Which Israelite laid out a fleece overnight to see if the Lord wanted him to lead Israel against the Midianites? Gideon. Gideon put out a fleece, and then for those that are not aware of it, he put it out twice. And then because that wasn't enough, he needed to have he needed to hear a dream that somebody else had about his group winning. He was really kind of on the soft side of things, right? And yet the Lord, every time he had the request, gave him the answer of assurance. Right? He wasn't seeking to see if God was real. He was seeking to make sure he was stepping right. That's cool. All right. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.